Cloud computing services and the Trusted Internet Connections, or TIC, initiative go together like oil and water. To make the TIC cyber requirements work with the cloud takes a lot of elbow grease. Some said the TIC requirements prevented agencies from moving to the cloud. The Office of Management and Budget hopes a new draft TIC policy will solve that 11-year-old problem. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about the draft TIC policy and how it is the fourth and final piece to OMB's policy modernization effort. And Jason joins me now to talk about the administration's year-long initiative. Hello, Jason. Hello, Jared. So let's talk about TIC first. How are the requirements changing or at least proposed to be changed in this draft policy? This is so exciting that this policy is finally out. Now, OMB has been promising a change to the Trusted Internet Connection or TIC policy, I would say for the better part of two, maybe even three years now. I think it was recognized early on back in, in the, you know, 2011 2012 time frame that moving that the TIC requirements, which is really Internet gateways, it's the place between the federal network and the the public internet is really not working well the way it works with cloud computing. So what this new policy does, it, it kind of outlines four possible use cases that the Homeland Security Department will develop and then agencies will follow. The four use cases are on cloud and specifically under cloud, it's infrastructure, email, and then software as a service. How would they work within this ticket infrastructure? Then the other use cases include what they call the agency branch office. That's outside the headquarters office, but uses the main office's IT services. And this could support something like software-defined wide area network, so SD-WAN technologies. Third use case would be around remote users. This is for anyone connecting to the agency's traditional network or the cloud through a government furnished device, but outside that traditional boundary of the, of what you know commonly known as the network. And then the fourth use case would be what they call the traditional tick. This would be you know anything not covered by the previous three, and would potentially use some of the what they call M tips or or the providers under the current networks contract and soon to be EIS contract, the, the services provided by kind of a third party like a CenturyLink or a Verizon or an AT&T. Jared, that, that is probably the biggest change are these use cases and they're really fed from the pilots that were run by the Small Business Administration, Energy Department and Justice Department to show how the, the those agencies could meet the spirit and intent of TIC, but not necessarily the specific prescriptive requirements of TIC. And Jason, as, as you've talked to agency CIOs over the years, what have they said is it precisely about the the existing TIC policy that has you know, prevented cloud migrations or, or slowed down their moves to the cloud? Is it just that it has been a one-size-fits-all policy that came from kind of a pre-cloud era? That's a big piece of it. You're absolutely right. I mean, this was developed in 2007 with the idea, and, and at the time, OMB said, how many how many different places are you connecting to the internet? And the agency said, I don't know. And that was a huge cybersecurity. They always talk about surface area. So the idea of TIC initially was twofold. Put some technologies on the front end, so in between what they call, what we'll call the DMZ, right? The area between the public internet and your network. Put some tools there to deal with traffic, but also reduce the number of internet gateways. At one point, they wanted to get down to something like 50 across the entire government. So basically one per you know major agency and then one kind of centralized one for a bunch of others. And that was not in the end possible. But what they did put in was some of these tools under the Einstein program, and that caused challenges challenges because it caused latency because it would go from the public your network through this tick you know provider or through this tick system out to the cloud and then coming back and in some cases with the cloud you'd have to go to an app so you would hit that app in the cloud that app would have to come through the tick 
you know, be be checked off, you know, say, okay, that meets the requirements, and then go back out to the cloud. So it would kind of do this kind of back and forth, and that caused latency, it caused complications. And I've talked to industry and government alike, and, and the frustration just grew and grew and grew, especially as more and more agencies were saying, hey, look at all the possibilities, the capabilities that exist in the cloud. And I'm being stymied, if you will, from taking full advantage of them or not being frustrated by the requirements of TIC. All right. So as we said on the way in, this is the fourth and, as you say, final policy update of the year from OMB on this this journey that they've been on. Uh, bring us up to speed again on what those other three policies have been and, and what they're capping off here. Well, the tick policy came out late last week, kind of Friday afternoon, give us all something to read over the weekend. Earlier last week, OMB issued a final policy on high-valued assets, HVAs as they're commonly called. Now, this updates a 2016 policy from OMB that they put out right at the end of the cyber sprint. And basically what this policy does is tells agencies, what are your most crown jewels? What's the most important data and systems you have to protect and you need to protect them? What this new policy does is say, we're not just going to say what they've expanded the definition of what a high valued asset is. So we're not only going to say, here's, here's the 10 things that you must protect, but let's Let's broaden that out and say, what really are the 20 or 30 or 40 things? And then let's make sure that you add more security around them. One big piece of the HVA new policy is the third-party assessment. Previously, only the Homeland Security Department would, would assess those high-value assets and tell the agency what kind of vulnerabilities they have. But working with the General Services Administration, DHS, GSA, and OMB created a new special item number under the schedules contract around cybersecurity services that then agencies can use to do those assessments, look at the vulnerabilities, and of course, fix those vulnerabilities. So that was one big major change. The two other policies came out earlier this year. Let me highlight them very quickly. One of them is the identity management policy released in April. Suzette Kent, the federal CIO, talked about just recently that OMB has been reviewing over the last you know nine months more than 500 comments to improve identity management. And what she says now is they're looking at emphasizing an identity-centric perspective for how they manage devices, both person and non-person devices. And this is really key, and we'll, which we'll get to in a second for 2019, Jared. And she also talks about how to have more definitive roles and responsibilities between NIST, GSA, OPM, and DHS. The final piece of all this is the cloud smart draft policy released in September, 41 comments. They're still looking at those comments. Again, those broke down against workforce procurement, cybersecurity, and how agencies get to the authority to operate. A key piece of that as well is a strong encouragement from OMB to agencies to do an application rationalization. You can't just lift and shift everything into the cloud. You got to know what you have and whether it's cloud ready and how much duplication you have across the agency when it comes to applications. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about 2019. I mean, if, if, if 18 was the year OMB spent right policies is 19 going to be the year when agencies go get to work implementing them i mean what's the expectation here that is the expectation for sure but there's also going to be some new policies because remember the cloud smart the identity policy even the data center policy which we really didn't touch upon and now the tick policy that's four are all in draft form so those have to be finalized and then once a policy is finalized there's an implementation piece so this implementation easily could stretch into 2020 and beyond the other thing that suzette kent said recently was they're working on a new policy around automation so really this idea this grew from robotics process automation and i'll give you a quick example, Jared, and why this identity management policy tags back into it. If you set up a bot, right, and the bot is doing transactional work on your network, 
typically that that person who would do that work would need a PIV card or a, a common access card if you're at DoD to plug into your machine to log on. Well, does that robot need a PIV card? Do they have to have an identity to get onto the network? And a lot of agencies have wrestled with that idea. I know at NASA, for instance, they actually gave identities or, or created identities for their bots. Other agencies have said, well, we don't believe we need to uh, have those bots have a quote unquote a proper identity because they're just doing the same thing over and over again and they're not touching other parts of the network. And what I think OMB is trying to do is really clarify what the steps agencies have to go through when they're adding robotics process automation and other types of automation to their network. All right, Federal News Radio's Jason Miller. As usual, your notebook makes a lot of sense, except for your inaccurate assertion that pineapple does not belong on pizza. Jared, that's an opinion that we'll talk later. Thanks, Jason. Thank you.